I just had a lot of helpful suggestions. I was going to help him uh, with his resume and I was going to help him like get ready for his job interviews. I was going to help him learn how to load the dishwasher the right way, which is my way. And I was going to help him get dressed and like, oh, you're going to wear that to the party, right? And she said, whatever you think, I trust you. Well, she thinks I'm capable. She thinks I'm smart. Uh, she thinks I can handle things. I'm listening. Your words are important. What you say is meaningful to me. I'm bearing witness. Just really think of respect as oxygen for my husband. Control and intimacy are opposites. And if I'm going to be controlling, then I'm going to lose the intimacy. And I can trigger his hero gene by receiving those gestures graciously. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. Today, I had the privilege to sit down with New York Times bestselling author, Laura Doyle, to talk about four scripts for having a deep conversation with your man. She is full of wisdom. She's been married for 32 years, and I'm excited for you to hear this conversation that we had today. It's just us girls, so if you're a man listening in, uh, feel free to just turn this episode off and let the ladies uh, tune in and take note. All right. Welcome, Laura, to the podcast. We're so excited to have you on today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, you have a wealth of information to share with the gals that are listening and any guys that are secretly listening to when they saw this title. So they should stop listening right now. They just hang up, hang up. <laughs> but I know we get this question a lot, you know, women who say, how can I have a conversation with my husband and how can it be, uh, you know, more than surface? Like I can't tend to get him to talk about anything meaningful or he's so checked out. Um, so you have four ways to share with us today for how to have a deep conversation with your man. Yes. So before we start with the first one, is there anything that we need to keep in mind or any broad umbrella before we dig into number one? Well, just to say that, um, you know, before this interview, you were just asking me like, well, what are your credentials? Yeah. And, um, you know, I thought I was the perfect wife. I was sure that I was until, <laughs> until I actually got married. And then some problems started and sure. um, it was not very long afterwards. It was like seven, eight, nine years uh -huh. later that I, uh, I had dragged my husband to marriage counseling because mm -hmm. I thought, well, if she could just tell him to pay more attention to me and be tidier and also be more ambitious, then I can finally be happy because I thought uh -huh. that was how it worked. And <laughs> so that's not how it works, you know. So a lot of women think that for sure. <laughs> I know, right? So I guess I wasn't the only one, but um, I just remember being on the counselor's 
slate gray couch when I thought this is Mm. hopeless. Like Uh. he's never going to change. And I'm either going to spend the rest of my life in a loveless marriage or else I'm going to have to get divorced. And so I decided I would get divorced because it just didn't seem like that's no way to live. Mm. But there was a problem in that um, I was too embarrassed to get divorced. People had been to the wedding not that many years before. I didn't want to have to give back the presents, you know? So I I thought, well, I'm going to ask as a last ditch effort, I'm going to ask women that have happy marriages what their secrets are. Uh And I thought they were going to say, well, you have to marry the right guy, first of all. And they didn't say that. They said things that I thought, well, this this is great. This doesn't even make sense to me. What are they Mm. talking about? Yeah. Uh, But I decided to just experiment with those things. And um, if it worked, I kept it. If it didn't, I threw it out. And Uh over time, I ended up with a set of um, principles, like skills, really, Uh intimacy skills. And I started practicing. And I just remember it was not that long after I started using them that I walked through the door and my husband's face lit up because he was so happy to see me. And that had been gone. So I thought, wow, this is working. (laughs) And uh, I got a bunch of my friends to do it with me in the living room because, frankly, I was having a hard time doing this stuff by myself because I had all these old habits. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that hard to do them. It was just, it was just new. Then you had to focus on it. You had to actually set your intentions to do the new skill. It, that's exactly right. And without yeah. my girlfriends, like I just remember thinking like, oh, I better um, be respectful to him right now because I was telling them they have to be respectful. So they're kind of like, I felt like some moral obligation. Uh-huh. And that kind of helped me. Yeah. And before that, I wasn't. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that, that those skills and those, mm-hmm. those women that became my support group, that's what gave me the marriage I have now where wow. my husband just like grabs me at the waist and pulls me in for mm-hmm. a kiss because I was passing him in the hallway. So we yeah. like, or, you know, and he makes bedroom eyes at me and he, mm-hmm. we just laugh together and have a lot of fun. So I'm just always so grateful that um, I was able to get that information from the women who had what I wanted. Yes, that's so good. I love hearing the story, the background behind that. And I like too that you had accountability. I think that's something a lot of women are so ashamed of like the dynamics in their marriage or the negativity that's going on that they don't want to connect with other women. Or if they do, it's just a bashing session. They're not they're not actually trying to help each other and, you know, keep each other accountable for changing their marriage by changing themselves. And so I love that you took that approach because that's what worked. You know what? It's funny you say that because I was all those things. I used to go out with my girlfriends and talk about how stupid and lazy men are, you know, just <laughs> bash them. And that was not helping me get the marriage that I wanted. Um, it felt like a release. But it, but it really wasn't helping. And then I just, right. and the other part, you know, we would have like a big old fight in the car. We used to fight in the car all the time. I don't know what was going on there, but okay. and then we'd like arrive at the party and we'd be like, oh, hi, everything's great. Yeah. You know, like we were putting on Put the mask on, right. Yeah. We had the, you know, the Facebook photos, right. To yep. show, but it, no one knew what was yeah. really going on in the bad old days. So oh, I think I'm sure so many you- women can relate that are listening <laughs> And how long have you been married now? We're going to celebrate 32 years in September. Congrats. That's awesome. It's like my proudest 
accomplishment yes. in the whole world <laughs> that I have That's this right. great marriage with this man who's been dressing himself since before I was born. Like, I don't need to help him <laughs> with that. So that's... <laughs> Oh, that's so great. Oh, that's, I love that represents so much for this conversation. I'm sure my husband has been dressing himself since before I was born. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you who say, well, I'm older than my husband. So that's not true. He's been dressing himself since before you met him. (laughs) That's right. That's right. right. He might have started doing that when he was like seven or eight, right? Right? So he's been practicing for a while. That's right. By the time you got married, for sure. That's good, Laura. So good. Okay, well, let's let's start in with number one. So the first way to have a deep conversation with your man. So the first one is, um, and I think this is something like I certainly didn't realize fish are the last to know that they're in the ocean. Right. You just think it's all this wet stuff. But I think, uh, I know for me, I was like too helpful. And I I think a lot of women maybe can relate to this. Like I just had a lot of helpful suggestions. I was going to help him, uh, with his resume and I was going to help him like get ready for his job interviews. I was going to help him learn how to load the dishwasher the right way, which is my way. (laughs) And I was going to, help them get dressed and like, oh, you're going to wear that to the party, right? I just had all this helpful advice. And um, unfortunately, my husband didn't want to be helped, right? Nobody really (laughs) wants to be improved by their spouse. And that caused him to avoid me. And he was watching a lot of TV. Mm. And so um, the sad truth about what was going on here is he'd be watching TV and I would go over with my hands on my hips and say, you need to spend more time with me. You know, we, we haven't talked and you're just, I mean, it just seems like you're avoiding me. You're just, all you do is watch TV. You watch too much TV, mm-hmm. but all these critical words for him. And so, um, so one of the things I had to do first before we could get to those deep conversations was I call it getting off his paper. Like there's my paper with all my decisions on it. There's his paper with all his decisions on it. My, okay. my attitudes over here, right? Kind of like at school when you're a kid, uh-huh. right? You're doing your work on your paper, but you're looking over at somebody else's paper, maybe, right? Like, what are <laughs> they doing? So, yeah. um, so, and the way that I did that was with this um, magical cheat phrase that I okay. love that helped me kind of reestablish, um, like kind of undo some training that I'd given my husband early on, okay. which in the the magical phrase is whatever you think, whatever mm. you think. So he would say like, um, like, is this okay to wear to the party? You know, I'd be like, Oh, whatever you think. Right. Mm-hmm. That's his paper. Or he'd say like, do you think I should take the car in to get the brakes checked this week? Or maybe can I, I want to wait till next week. You know, I'd be like, okay. whatever you think. Right. Whatever maybe you I'm thinking, think. Those okay. are brakes, buddy. You got to do that. You can't wait on breaks, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So I haven't thought about it, but it's like, it was just my way of reminding myself, like, he's a competent, capable mm-hmm. man. That's why mm-hmm. I married him. Yep. And I trust him to yeah. take care of that. Um, and of course, your tone so, mattered. Like, it, you're not rolling your eyes going like, whatever you think. Whatever like, you think. Yeah. No, you, you're that. being warm and kind. Or <laughs> yeah. right, I said, whatever you think. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why you're not. But it yeah. was like a way of saying, I, yeah, I trust you. In fact, uh-huh. um, one of my students tells a story. Like it was the very first thing she ever did when she got her hands on the, the six intimacy skills. Her husband came and said, what should I do with this cell phone plan? And she goes, um, oh, 
yeah, whatever you think. And she's thinking, oh, he's probably going to screw it up, you know, but <laughs> she decided she was going to just, just make this decision to choose her faith over uh-huh. her fear that he was going to mess it up. And he kind of looked at her funny, like, no, no, no. Like, I know I'm going to get in trouble later if I don't do this the right way. And he's like, no, I need you to tell me what you want me to do with the cell phone plan. Mm-hmm. And she said, whatever you think, I trust you. Mm. So he went away and they've been sleeping in separate beds for six months. Their marriage was in big trouble. And um, he went away, made his decision about the cell phone plan. And he did fine, by the way. And he came back and said, you know what? You were so nice tonight. And tears just ran down her cheeks. They slept in the same bed that very night. Wow. And that was... um, Over the one phrase. Over the one phrase. Yeah. You were so nice. That's what, oh. those were his words. So she was and like, even though those okay. were his words, and maybe that was the vocabulary he, he had, really, yeah. I think what that translated as is you respect me. Because she said, I trust you. And, and exactly. maybe it's about trust, but I think maybe even deeper than that, it was like, she respects me. Like, exactly. I, I'm a person, my opinion matters and I'm capable. And every guy wants to feel capable. They all do. And yes. that is the interesting thing about respect. You really nailed it. And I, I think in some ways, I know for me, I didn't really understand what respect looked like. I'd be like, I was respectful. Like I let him know where I'm going to be. And I didn't leave a mess. And I, um, he, I heated up his dinner when he came home late or whatever. That has <laughs> nothing to do with respect nope. for them. Nope. It's about this um, kind of looking into our eyes and seeing reflected back like, oh, she thinks I'm capable. She thinks I'm smart. Uh, She thinks I can handle things. That's uh, what respect means to them. So so just bringing in that whatever you think uh, went such a long way towards creating emotional safety. Yes. That um, had him want to open up to me again. So that was, it was huge. Yeah. That's so good. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. So what's number two, Laura? So okay, the number second two. Way. I've got yeah. another cheat phrase. I'm full of cheat phrases. All right. Which is kind of like, you know, when you teach kids to say please and thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, we're trying to teach them to have, be, have a grateful heart, right? When we mm-hmm. teach them, oh, what do you say? What do you say thankful? Mm-hmm. So I think of my cheat phrases the same way. I'm trying to put my heart right so I can show up to be the kind of wife I want to be. And uh, so the second phrase is, uh, and this is a great one to just experiment with. Uh, it's just three words and they are, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. So my husband would be, he'll be talking about how, see, I'm even laughing as I'm telling you, but he's like, you know, I'd let, you know, now they're talking about going to Mars. People can take vacations to Mars. And he's like, oh, yeah. you know, I want to go to Mars. I would love to go to Mars. I think it'd be really exciting to go to Mars. And I'm like, I hear you. I'm not agreeing. <laughs> And I'm not disagreeing, right? right. I'm mean, going to contradict his thinking. Is my husband really going to go to Mars? Who knows? Not tomorrow, not the next week, right? Not right away. Not. I, 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 I don't feel like going to Mars myself or whatever. And it's kind of a long trip. But anyway, but the point is, I could just like let him dream. Uh-huh. And I don't, or like one argument we used to have in the battle days was, um, He'd be like, well, I think we should put like a second story on the house. Uh-huh. And I was like, a second story, like that would be like dirty, dusty. That'd be really noisy. It'd be so inconvenient. Like I, we don't know anything about, you know, adding on to like, I uh-huh. don't like that. I don't know. Uh-uh, I don't think so. Right. Uh-huh. I don't think yep. we should do that. And then we'd have this argument. 
Well, we didn't have any money to put a second story on that. I'm like, that wasn't going to happen anyway. I just right. wanted to like, let, I want to shut him down right now, uh-huh. right? What was that out of? Again, it's like this fear that's underneath. And, and so anyway, so today I can just, um, I've you know been practicing yeah. using my faith by um, saying, I hear you. And what does it mean? It just means like, I'm listening. Your words are important. You know, what you say is meaningful to me. I'm bearing witness. And I don't have to uh, argue your, with your thinking about it. In fact, um, I've got another, which is, so anyway, what, one of the things that we find is you could experiment with this phrase. Um, I think a lot of my students do where, um, like you just say, okay, for an hour tonight, I'm just going to be, I hear you, girl. And you just say, only I hear you or uh-huh, not... <laughs> have you thought about this? Or maybe you should say to him, blah, 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 right? You just <laughs> yeah. say, I hear you just for like an hour. Uh-huh. And oh my gosh, they're like, my husband had so much to say. Like uh, when he feels like he's got the floor. Right. And you're not contradicting. That's right? so good. Or, and we tend to just shut our men down when we uh, kind of discount their opinions or show how unrealistic it is or present all the barriers. And there may be a time for that. And they might ask you for that after yeah. you've validated their dream or their idea. We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. It, we focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick. And then 30 minutes, we do a Q&A and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, we have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right. Back to the interview. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. You know, I have all these opinions and they're very important to me. But you know what? I don't know that my husband finds them that important uh-huh. to you. So even when you're saying there's time afterwards, I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it can be a trap, right? What do you think I should do about this situation at work? It's like, you know, I kind of tend to, yeah. you know, after being so controlling for so many years, it mm-hmm. just really felt like I um, unburdened myself by yeah. not only trusting him, showing uh-huh. that I respected him, but not putting it on my shoulders to try to solve right. problems that are not directly mine. Which, they're not on your paper, like you they're said. They're not on my paper. And yeah. how can I ever really solve a problem that's not on my paper? You know, sure. I can't. And yeah. I think I know, but do I know? I don't think so. so you know? Would you say this, this rule of like, um, kind of just letting him know that you hear him and like not giving your opinion at all. Would you say that rule applies more so in like idea phase? For instance, the second story house thing, right? Say you yeah. did have the money and you guys actually did talk about building onto your house and you guys needed to make some joint decisions because oh, it sure. wasn't yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. all one person's decision. And he really did want your opinion. Yes. Like at that point, would you say like, that's a green light, like go ahead and chat about it. 
Yes. And so that leads us to step number three, ah, which is number the three. phrase, the cheap phrase. Okay. Gosh, I'm just full of these cheap phrases. All right. So <laughs> I love it. Um, they are, they're really great. So, uh, and I want to just kind of preface it by <laughs> explaining the embarrassing thing that I used to do instead okay. of using this cheap phrase, which was, I would say to my husband, John, I would say, John, this kitchen is a disaster area. And I thought, <laughs> He would then jump up off the couch and start doing the dishes and cleaning up the counters. But that never happened. So, and I didn't know why. I think maybe looking back, like he could probably hear John, you know, blah, 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 or whatever, like peanuts. Yes, parents or something. Yes. So um, I don't think he could even hear me. And um, I feel sad for that earlier version of myself. Or, well, actually, there's an even more embarrassing story. One time we went to Hawaii. He took me to Hawaii. Okay. And, um, and we were pretty new. Uh, we we're pretty new with it. You know, so this is like right, right mm-hmm. after we met. And um, he, uh, he said, I was excited to go to the beach that day. I mm-hmm. thought, oh boy, we're going to go to the beach. And he got up and said, hey, I was thinking we should go see a volcano. And so I said, oh, okay. Like, I don't want there to be any conflict. You know, we're just this mm-hmm. newlywed couple. So mm-hmm. I, um, I said, oh, well, how about, um, I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll go see a volcano. I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. just going to suck it up and I'll go see it with them because I don't want to cause a conflict. And if I disagree, that's maybe we're going to have a fight. I, don't, I just don't want that. Okay. So we get in the car and we're driving towards the volcano. And for a long time, you've seen no volcano. You, you just are driving in the car and there's like maybe molten rocks on the side of the road. So I start to get upset and I'm like, <sighs> and he says, is you know, something wrong? And I'm like, yeah, did you think this made fun? I don't think it's fun at all. I think it's really stupid because I want to go to the beach. Yeah, you would ask me what I wanted to do. This is, you know, so he saw a volcano, all right, right? So sadly, I had no idea how to just express, I call it expressing my desires in a way that inspires him. Mm. He just wanted me to be happy. And even after that, after I behaved so badly, he took me to the beach because mm. that's when he knew what I wanted. So the third chief phrase is expressing your desires in a way that inspires. So we were discussing like adding on to the house, then it would be incumbent on me to know what I wanted and to express it in the positive, not in the negative, right? So the negative would be like, I don't want to add a second story. I don't want to be under construction. I don't want all that dirt, right? That's (laughs) still complaining. Just shooting down his ideas. Yeah. Right. I'm shooting down Mm -hmm. his ideas. So the positive might be, so funny story, here we are all these years later, we're actually in a major, major remodel right now. Okay. And I'm talking to you from our apartment that we moved to while we're remodeling. Okay. (laughs) So I could say like, I would love to have quiet and cleanliness while we're under construction. And that's exactly what I did. Nice. My husband said, okay, let's go get, we'll go rent an apartment for the six months that we're going to be under major, major remodel. So, so you, you painted a picture of what you want rather than stating what you don't want. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want a quiet place to work and yeah, mm-hmm. to have this interview and things like that. Oh, yeah. So, um, so the more I say what it is I would love, and it's like big things and little things, right? It's like, yeah. what do you want for dinner? Like, oh, I want Mexican. And, you know, we go to the Mexican restaurant. It's like, oh, I want a booth. And then he's having all these opportunities to be my hero. Yeah. Because he's like, oh. I got her Mexican. She loves Mexican. She's so mm-hmm. happy. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because um, I've actually, I've asked now thousands of men, I'll say, how important is it to you that your wife is happy? Mm-hmm. Do you know? They have all said the same thing. They say, 
oh, it's everything, or it's the most important thing. Or in the UK, they say it's imperative. So <laughs> okay. pretty important yeah, yeah, to them. And um, my husband's no exception. I didn't think he cared about my happiness, but when I was um, being disrespectful and controlling and just complaining, and he didn't know how to make me happy because I wasn't particularly pleasable, mm-hmm. um, that was overshadowing his desire to make me happy. To make you happy. Ah, uh, yeah, because he just wanted to withdraw. There was a negative association with that interaction. I was kind of a porcupine wife, if uh, I'm honest. Yeah. I think we've all been there for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so um, when you say express your desires in a way that inspires, and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm getting you like to paint paint this picture of what you want. Do you have any phrases that you or stems yeah. that you would give? For yeah, I'm to so use? glad you reminded me because I forgot to give you the formula. So here okay. it is. It's I. This is how I like to say. It. I say I would love because mm-hmm. love attracts love. I would love. And then it's the final outcome. And what I mean by that is um, like, I, I remember I had this one student, she said, well, I would, I would love for him to make more money. Right. And that's kind of on his paper again, we're back over. And it's like, well, what would you have that you don't have now? If he had he made more money, she goes, well, I could buy myself things and things is still kind of a little vague. Right. So yeah. I was like, well, what, what would you buy yourself? And she said, well, I really need new boots. Oh, okay. So what she would love was new boots, right? And there's just no need to go into how it happens Uh because when you get into the, you do this and here's how, you're just right back into control. You're right back on his paper and your life is going by Mm -hmm. without, you know, and, and, and in some ways, right. She wasn't really aware. I mean, on some level she knew she wanted new boots, right. But in some ways I think we, um, like you, you might think to yourself, oh, I really want those new boots. And then you think, oh, but that's kind of indulgent or maybe we can't afford those or I can My husband doesn't make enough money. He doesn't make <laughs> enough money. You talk yourself out of them. Yeah. It's not him that's stopping you from getting those sure. new boots in some cases, right? So and if you just stated it, he might be like, oh good, because I'm working that hour of overtime and I can like put that away and surprise exactly. her. Yeah. Or he might say, well, take the money from the tax refund or uh-huh. he, right? you just never know. Yep. But, or, yep. and there's just so much, I always think of desire as a seed of feminine power because that's, um, that's like the North star for our relationship. Mm. He navigates according to what I would love. Why wow. are we remodeling this house? You know, my husband, his joke is he's like, I'd be happy with a cot and a locker, but no, we're going to get a kitchen with Carrera marble and I'm getting a pool. Right? Like, that's what why? you want. That's yeah. what I want. Uh-huh. That's what I want. He just wants me to be happy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So express your desire in a way that inspires and use that phrase. I would love blank. And that blank is the final outcome. Exactly. You, think, yeah. oh, you nailed it. Very it requires good. some intentionality, ladies who are listening. This is Something yeah. you can't just like say on a whim in the middle of an argument. You gotta pause no. and think that through. And you can start uh, internally, not externally, but internally mm-hmm. with a complaint. Mm-hmm. You could be like, I never get what I want, right? Like that might be your first thought. Sure. <laughs> right? Like yep. everybody's needs comes first, the kids and then, you know, whatever, uh-huh. right? the house, everything else. You could start with that and you'd be like, oh, wait, what is it that I want? Like, uh-huh. oh, I wanna. I want to get away weekend with no yep. kids or whatever, yep. right? Like you can start by with like just kind of paying attention to that little uh, complaining mm-hmm. voice inside 
And then just like really asking, what would, what would make you feel happy? Mm-hmm. What would take care of that? Yeah. What's the final outcome? That's good. That's good. Okay. Take us to number four, Laura. All right. Well, and this one is um, kind of back to what we were saying about how I didn't really know what respect looked like. I think if you would okay. ask me, you know, I would have said, I am, I totally respect him except for the way he drives and what he, you know, what he wears and, like, <laughs> you know, whatever, right? Like I, I, sure. I just was a little. And so um, these days, I just really think of respect as oxygen for my husband. Mm. And I think of it as um, it's kind of like in that movie, The Princess Bride, where he was saying, as you wish, but what he really meant was, I love you. And when I am speaking respectfully, that's me saying to my husband, I love you in a way that he can hear bigger than if I just say, I love you, even. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the cheap phrase that I uh, like to use is, uh, and it felt like sand in my mouth the first time, but now, (laughs) now I love it. But uh, it's just a hard one for women to um, try on. But it's, uh, I apologize for being disrespectful when I, and then you throw in this specific thing. And I'll give you an example of this. We were out to dinner. My husband took me out to a swanky restaurant on a Saturday night and we're there just having a good time. And and he was saying something about his business. And um, he mentioned this one client and I made a critical comment about the client. And the way he heard it, and rightly so, in retrospect, was me trying to say, like, don't give preferential treatment to that client. Like, that's not, we shouldn't, you know, let me tell you, uh, let me give you a little advice about okay. how to run your business that you've had for 20 years. And okay. um, he, um, so immediately I said this comment, and all of a sudden my husband's face gets like kind of like, you know, he looks a little like, what just happened? And the music stops and all the waiters stop and all the laughter stops. And like our dinner has just come to a screech, our nice dinner has come to a screeching halt. And I was like, oh, and I wasn't feeling very accountable yet. So mm-hmm. I just said, oh, oh, because I've been doing this for a while now, like 20 years. Um, I go, was that disrespectful? And he goes, yes. And I was like, oh, oh, Yeah. Oh, I go, oh, I I apologize for being disrespectful Mm. when I criticized your client. So now I'm fully there, right? Now I'm being totally accountable. Okay. And all of a sudden my husband's like, okay. He's like, thank you. He says, thank you. Whenever Mm -hmm. I apologize for being disrespectful. And it doesn't matter. Like I could mumble it. I can whisper it. Like he's all Mm -hmm. like, "Mm -hmm, thank you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And, um, And then the good time is back. The music starts up and the waiters are flying. and the conversation, mm. like our good time was back. Like wow. the night was salvaged, You restored right? it. You it guys were able been... to do a quick repair. I did simply a quick by repair. apologizing. Yeah. yeah. And you have to mean yeah. it. You have to be genuine about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it did take me a minute to get there. Right. But it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, I had time to process it now. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do I think I need to comment on his client of his business? He's had these run successfully for all these years. I don't. Yes. Right. That's just me being on some little trip, right? Letting my fear be stronger mm-hmm. than my faith, which I get mm. to choose, but you can only, you know, control and intimacy are opposites. And if I'm going to be controlling, then I'm going to lose the intimacy. And if I want the intimacy, I got to relinquish that inappropriate control that comes out of my fear. Wow. 
Wow, ladies, if you didn't hear anything else, tune into that statement that you just made. Laura, control and intimacy are opposites. Oh, and then everything you said after that, that I can't like repeat. (laughs) That was so good. Yeah, Yeah, that was a big insight for me too. I mean, that was the one thing I did get from counseling was um, we were there and she's like, I don't know if you realize that you're kind of controlling. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, the record's like, rup, 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 you know, like, what? <laughs> We're here to fix him, you know? What do you oh, mean? Man. I'm controlling. Mm-hmm. But sadly, uh, you know, I don't think she knew how to change. I remember saying like, okay, I'm controlling. What should I do? Uh-huh. And um, I don't think she knew either. She's like, yeah, just, you know, don't be so controlling. And mm-hmm. then I was like, mm-hmm. that was no help at all because it was my way of life. It was, um, I don't know, I'm an oldest child so i just was very i think my whole language was developed around okay you go stand over there okay we're gonna play restaurant okay you're gonna all right that's not how you treat him or whatever i think you took charge and it probably served you well in different seasons of life but in your marriage it we are we are to be a team we're not taking charge of each other no no and especially i think and it seems super old-fashioned to me when i first started talking to those wise women that gave me the insights that I used to change my marriage mm-hmm. and that now tens of thousands of women have used to change their marriages yes. too and make them better, save their marriages really. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. I mean, I was really stuck on like that we're equal and we're the same. And if we're not equal and the same, then we're going to lose out in the work world, right? Because people are going to think we're not as good at mm. certain things or whatever. And like the whole feminism movement. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what I really came to see was like, oh my gosh, I have these special gifts as a woman mm-hmm. that um, the world needs, my marriage needs. Uh, right. And that I, if I honor them, like it's just so, there's so much more of a harmonious existence for me because right. that's the way God made me, right? Yeah. Uh, is to yeah. be um, feminine. And I don't think I even understood what that meant or like why. And here, like today I see my husband showing up with so much of a servant's heart, so uh-huh. much. Like he uh-huh. just, like he didn't really want me to move any of the boxes. Like he just wanted to move every box for me, right? <laughs> and he wants to kill, he'll kill all the scary spiders. Like he uh, just really, yeah. um, and he loves that. Yeah, it's he wants to be your hero. He wants to be my hero. Yeah. And I can trigger his hero gene today by receiving those gestures graciously instead of maybe saying like, I can carry them too, or I, you know, I'm independent, right? I don't need any help or I've got it. Right. Or even Mm -hmm. just like with compliments, you know, he would, I'd wake up in the morning and he'd say like, Oh, you look so beautiful. I'm like, you know, shut up. Right. Like, no, Uh, I know. And just not even receiving that compliment um, Mm -hmm. was kind of coming up the works. Yeah, we've seen that happen. Yeah, in session so many times where like the husband wants his wife to know like how beautiful he thinks she is or how capable she is or, you know, just complimenting her and she won't receive it. She won't receive it, right? Yeah. So that was a, that's a whole nother aspect, which I know doesn't go into this four, four things we're talking <laughs> about today, but the art of receiving graciously compliments, help, mm-hmm. gifts, right? What about gifts? Like- mm-hmm don't buy me flowers because it's a waste of money. Right. I mean, I've said things and I've seen my students um, have said things or like, Uh Oh, this isn't the right kind of jewelry that I wanted. Right. Uh, Like we can 
kind of miss yeah. the gift of his thoughtfulness yes. and his love by yeah. getting kind of fixated on like something you could have just gone to the mall and bought yourself or mm-hmm. ordered from Amazon or whatever, right? If you want the perfect mm-hmm. thing, there's a way right. to get that too, right? But yep. this is, um, there's always something to receive. That's good. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, Laura, this has been so good. And I think, ladies, if you listen to this while you were folding laundry or driving on your commute and you didn't take notes, listen again and take notes and then put it into practice. Um, maybe even write the four ways as like a note on your phone and screenshot it so that you see that often um, in your, on your desktop background or something. Cause this, these are such good reminders, but if we don't put them into practice, then it'll just be a thought. Um, so man, Laura, thank you so much for sharing these four scripts with us. Really there's scripts. Maybe we'll change the title to that Four yeah. scripts for having a deeper conversation yeah. with your man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And they're all part of those six intimacy skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, yeah, we, yeah, they have just been so life changing, marriage changing, um, mm-hmm. dignity restoring uh, for me to, and and so many thousands of women all over the world now. Right, and it's so interesting when approaches. you restore dignity for yourself, and you and these other women are doing that as well. You're restoring dignity in your marriage, and your man feels like re- dignity has been restored for him too. I mean, it just, it, absolutely. He loves it. But mm-hmm. even just for me, I mean, it's so nice not to hear myself shrieking or <gasps> sounding like yes. my mother on her worst day, like all the time. Right. So yes. it was, um, yeah, it was really good for self-confidence mm-hmm. and self-esteem to find oh, a good. new way to but much more effective right. and pleasant right. way to absolutely. have marriage that I, dreamed I would have when I stood at the altar and said, I do. That's right. Uh, well, Laura, um, we want to share some resources with folks. Um, so if you could uh, let us know a little bit first about the two books that you have. Um, I mean, 20 years ago, you had a New York Times bestseller book, and then you have a new book. And so share with us a little bit more about The Surrendered Wife and The Empowered Wife. Well, sure. Yeah. So we are celebrating the 20th year of empowering wives to be ridiculously happy in their marriages. And that's <laughs> even if it feels like your marriage is hopeless. Um, these are the steps that create a uh, lasting marriage. And so, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm the surrender wife is always near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. I love it. But gosh, so many women had trouble with that title because they thought that it meant like, subjugated wife, like obedient wife, you know? Okay. And, um, but to me, surrendered is just a beautiful spiritual phrase. It's like, yeah. you're yeah. driving in traffic. You might wish it would move, but you can't make it move. Right. So you could decide like, I'm going to listen to music I love, or I'm going to talk on the phone or listen to an audiobook or a podcast. Uh-huh. And I'm going to make the most of that time. And the surrender surrender to that. Yeah. That's right. You're surrendered to that. And a surrendered wife just knows that she can't, um, change or improve her husband. So she mm-hmm. doesn't try. Instead, she focuses on her own happiness. And that in turn improves the intimacy in the mm-hmm. relationship. Okay. But what we found is like the results of the surrendered wife were that she felt more empowered in her okay. marriage. Like she felt like, okay, instead of just endlessly trying to get him to do things and he's not doing them or he's not helping with the kids or I'm the only adult in this relationship. Uh, she felt much more empowered. So the new book is called The Empowered Wife. 
Okay. And it lays out the six intimacy skills and all the cheat phrases that go along with them. Nice. And but we also, I also have a really nice uh, free resource available right now. Pretty fun thing. It's called the Adored Wife Roadmap. Okay. And it just kind of lays out the steps and also the three mistakes that everybody seems to be making trying to get their husband's time, attention, and affection. Okay. So and you can get and that- we'll link that in the show notes as well. What you were going to say? Where it is though? Sure. It's at lauradoyle.org. Okay. At lauradoyle.org. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. I'm sure a lot of people will go and download that. That'll be helpful. And then uh, we will link both of your books in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're like, I want to grab those books, uh, you can go down to the show notes and click on that to find her book. Um, And you can also connect with Laura on Facebook. Uh, You can connect on Twitter. That's Laura M. Doyle. And on LinkedIn, um, and then she already shared her website, lauradoyle.org. So any other resources that you would recommend, Laura, for this topic? Well, we also have the Empowered Wives podcast, yeah. where every week I interview a woman who has taken her marriage from what seemed like broken and hopeless to, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you hear them tell what it's like now. But um, mm. we, to paraphrase Thomas Wolfe, Miracles not only happen, they happen all the time. Good. Okay. So we'll link your podcast as well. Great. Well, Laura, we're going to close by asking you the question that we ask all of our guests when we close. Um, And that is rewind back to those first couple years of marriage. You've been married 32 years now. Um, So going back three decades, think, think about the advice that you wish you would have received. And then you'll do dear young married couple and fill in the blank. Well, dear young married couple, I'd like to speak to just the wife <laughs> because that's yes. me, right? That's yep. the experience that I have to share. Yep. And um, I think my biggest uh, thing that I would love to um, empower her, say to her, dear young wife, married wife, um, I would love to um, encourage you to really think about what you want. In fact, how about a daily list? from big and small things that you would love, things that would make you happy uh, and uh, encourage you to say them out loud without expectation. You can't always get what you want, but knowing what you want is, um, it's a heck of a start Mm. in making your marriage magical. That's good. Thank you so much, Laura. Man, well, this has been so helpful and um, I'm looking forward personally to this airing so that we can see all the people who say, man, I tried this and it worked. So thank you so much, Laura. It's been such a um, an honor to have you on the podcast. And I'm personally also looking forward to digging into your material. Oh, thank you so much. This has really been fun to be on the show. Oh, thank you, Laura. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.